And now, joining us live from the comfort of her own living room, it's Ida Fabrier for the Dear Fabrier Show. Hi, everyone. My name is Ida Fevrier, the host of the Dear Fevrier podcast, and welcome to a new episode. This was definitely not the episode I intended to make today. Um, I had everything planned. I had a guest, a fun, exciting topic, but that'll be for the next one. I broke up with someone on Friday, someone I cared about greatly, and I just thought it would be fitting and Valentine's Day approaching to tackle one of my Bibles, which is All About Love by Bell Hooks. This January was like 75 days long. I can't wait for it to come to an end. I was saying in the last episode that this winter has been so great and I haven't been depressed and Christmas happened and life was very still and very beautiful for a couple of weeks and then something shifted in me. I felt trapped. I felt trapped in my relationship. And look, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing with this episode right now. I just feel like my heart is very open and I've been feeling so many things in the last three days since I ended things. And I just think this is a nice space for me to talk about this. And hopefully people can relate. Hopefully this will heal someone's heart that's going through it (sighs) what is there to say really um I was with this person for two years and just to give you a bit of context about my personal life I've pretty much been in a relationship with different guys since I'm 16 I don't know what this says about me and my attachment issues or my daddy issues or my insecurities I don't know But for some reason, I've been consistently in a relationship from a very young age. I'm now 23 years old. And regardless of how much I cared for this person, I finally decided to choose myself. And I've always been dumped. I've always been on the receiving end. And leaving someone, I will actually say, is so much harder. (laughs) I've been feeling, yeah, I've been feeling so many emotions these last couple of days. I cried all day on Saturday. I was an open faucet. Sunday, I felt calm. I felt relieved in my decision. It felt bittersweet. Um, A hint of like, why did I do that? And it's just been ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. And let's talk about love. Love is complicated love is beautiful love is everything it's why we do pretty much anything in this world there's one thing i love about sadness and heartbreak is the reappreciation for music and film and literature like it's been three days (laughs) i'm gonna say this a lot but it's been three days and I'm listening to music differently. Lyrics make sense. You relate, you find your place. I watched like four movies. Um, I've been writing so much. I've been just comforting myself in like the biggest thing 
in our world and pop culture, in love and in heartbreak. One thing I'm really grateful for in this experience is that it was the most loving goodbye. It was so pure, so communicative, and we realized how much we cherish... Oh god, I'm crying already. This is good. I thought I had no more tears left to cry, as Queen Ariana Grande said, but clearly I do. It was such a beautiful experience, like... I mean, obviously horrible and gut-wrenching and fucking stab in the heart, but like I, just these last three days, I've just been feeling so grateful that I get to love people and people love me this way. Like, you know, love is really individual, but I, yeah, I just felt so lucky. It was so, so loving, so understanding, so communicative and, you know, it's, so difficult running into the your partner's arms and being like, I can't be with you anymore, even though I really want to. I haven't focused on myself, if not ever, like I, and I'm not saying this as if I'm Mother Teresa that always puts people first, but I do tend to care more about what others are doing with their thing and I wanna push them and motivate them and, and I leave myself behind. I'm 23 years of age, I, have so much going for me in my life. These are the years where I'm meant to discover who I am, make mistakes, learn from them, cry and feel lonely. And this is the whole problem with this thing that I've been in a relationship for so long is that I've always had someone to go home to and sleep next to and wake up next to. And although that is so beautiful and I'm terrified of not having that for a little bit i just see a lot of benefits in that for me learning how to rely on myself i mean yeah being my own supporter and have my own back when something's not going well and this is something that i will address speaking about the book but i've also noticed multiple times when i've gone through breakups is that where i find comfort is in other women and in being a woman in general, I feel suddenly so much more connected to my femininity, to my body, to my thoughts and the things that I like. And yesterday I was having a drink and we were eight girls and just laughing and talking and about the most random shit. But I was just like, you know that TikTok sound? I was like, how I love being a woman. I genuinely do. And there's one thing like, especially people go through things I feel like women just like have such a like support system and or just like a need to talk about it to their friends to their family like whereas I just feel like men I mean certain men obviously like they just some of them just don't have that support system like a place where they can talk about their feelings and heartbreak and na, na, na. and I'm just really grateful to be a woman and have amazing people and I think this is one of the reasons that I took the momentum in which I was like I'm gonna end it because I felt so supported and that is not the case for everyone there's so much out there fucking videos and articles about how to end it and finding the courage and I just kind of ripped it off like a band-aid and you know it's been something that's been on my mind for a while now, but I was always finding myself an excuse. I was like, it's not the right time. There's a birthday happening. There's an event we're going to. There's a holiday. No, 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 no. And then 
I just, I woke up one day and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm so unbelievably proud of myself that I did that for me. Like when I think back of myself in previous relationships, like I would have never been able to do that. And it's funny as well because when my friends talk about their relationships and how they're not going well or et cetera, et cetera, I'm the first one to be like, dump his ass. Like, you're going to be just fine. You have yourself. You have amazing people around you. It's going to suck, but you're going to be fine. I'm the first one to say those things. And then when it was my turn, I could hear all of this advice, but it just, I just felt like I was exempt from it. I was like, oh no, like, I could never, I could never. And I, yeah. Oh God, my mind has been racing so much this past week, but it's also been just very still and serene. And it's also because I have a lot of faith in things like, you know, this is that annoying time of year, January, February, March. And then by the time I hopefully heal a little bit, you know, it'll be summer and new possibilities and finishing my degree and figuring out what I'm, what the hell I'm going to do with my life. and. I just think, yeah, it was at the right time. And I'm just really proud of myself that I found the courage to do that. Enough about me, enough about my breakup. Let's talk about love in general. All About Love is an absolute classic, a New York Times bestseller by Queen Bell Hooks. It's a beautiful book. It's graceful, it's rich, it's gives faith in a way but at the same time it destroys it i remember closing this book and being like fuck like i'm a straight woman like i'm gonna have these issues with a lot of men and she talks about childhood this is okay definitely from like a women's standpoint on love obviously this is very much like feminist theory she starts the book by basically attempting to define what love is giving love a word and her definition is that love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth which i think is just like one of the main reasons like a lot of relationships fail i think it's both people need to be on an equal foot and this is one of the biggest morals that she speaks of in this book is that if there is hierarchy if there's domination, love is not going to work. Domination cannot exist in any social situation where a love ethic prevails. If the will to power is paramount, love will be lacking. When love is present, the desire to dominate and exercise power cannot rule the day. All the great social movements for freedom and justice in our society have promoted a love ethic. Concern for the collective good of our nation, city, or neighbor, rooted in the values of love, makes us all seek to nurture and protect that good. If all public policy was created in the spirit of love, you would not have to worry about unemployment, homelessness, schools failing to teach children, or addiction. She addresses childhood and how the way you've been loved as a child or what's happened in your past, how that shapes you. And But she basically just says how like severe separations in early life leave emotional scars on the brain because they assault the essential human connection. And this is actually something I was talking about with my therapist a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the fact that people that grew up in unstable homes or chaotic families end up being addicted to stress and chaos, which means that sometimes when, you know, people think that the passion is gone, 
in a relationship or that it just feels a little bit flat it's just that there's no stress and that was a huge eye-opener for me because my childhood was a bit chaotic and my teenage years were quite chaotic if not very and everything was so stressful and moving so quickly and I'm not really someone that takes time I'm someone that rushes I want to do things all the time and make things and be out there and that's got to do with I guess some of it has got to do with yeah a chaotic upbringing and being just addicted to the thrill and things happening and maybe it's my Scorpio side who knows but that yeah huge eye-opener for me in terms of how I handle things just in general another thing she talks about in the book which I think is what's giving me a lot of comfort right now she basically says that emotion is a source of knowledge she says being aware enables us to critically examine our actions to see what is needed so that we can give care be responsible show respect and indicate a willingness to learn i find so much comfort in sadness oddly like things like crying i cry very easily but emotions and yeah just it just reminds me personally that i'm human at least me from past experiences when i felt sad is when i've learned the most about myself i've reprioritized on what i like and what i want and what i don't want and this is why although this time of my life is scary it's also very exciting and i feel like i'm just gonna learn so much about myself okay she follows on by talking about commitment spirituality values greed community mutuality romance loss healing um when our real self appears in its entirety when the good behavior becomes too much to maintain or the masks are taken away disappointment comes all too often individuals feel after the fact when feelings are hurt and hearts are broken that it was a case of a mistaken identity that the loved one is a stranger they saw what they wanted to see rather than what was really there. True love is a different story. When it happens, individuals usually feel in touch with each other's core identity. Embarking on such a relationship is frightening precisely because we feel there is no place to hide. We are known. All the ecstasy that we feel emerges as this love nurtures us and challenges us to grow and transform. True love is a peculiar kind of insight through which we see the wholeness which the person is, at the same time totally accepting the level on which he now expresses himself without any delusion that the potential is a present reality. True love accepts the person who now is without qualifications, but with a sincere and unwavering commitment to help him to achieve his goals of self-enfoldment, which we may see better than he does. Most of the time, we think that love means just accepting the other person as they are. Who among us has not learned the hard way that we cannot change something? mold them and make them into the ideal beloved we might want them to be yet when we commit to true love we are committed to being changed to being acted upon by the beloved in a way that enables us to be more fully self-actualized this commitment to change is chosen it happens by mutual agreement again and again in conversations the most common vision of true love i have heard shared was one that declared it to be unconditional true love is unconditional but to truly flourish, it requires an ongoing commitment to constructive struggle and change. The heartbeat of true love is the willingness to reflect on one's actions and to process and communicate this reflection with the loved one. As Wellwood puts it, two beings who have a soul connection wants to engage in a full, free-ranging dialogue and commune with each other as deeply as possible. Honesty and openness is always the foundation of insightful dialogue. Most of us have not been raised in homes where we have seen two deeply loving grown folks talking together. 
We do not see this on television or at the movies. And how can any of us communicate with men who have been told all their lives that they should not express what they feel? Men who want to love and do not know how must first come to voice must learn to let their hearts speak and then to speak truth. Choosing to be fully honest, to reveal ourselves, is risky. The experience of true love gives us the courage to risk. As long as we are afraid to risk, we cannot love. Hence the truism, love is letting go of fear. Our hearts connect with lots of folks in a lifetime, but most of us will go to our graves with no experience of true love. This is in no way tragic, as most of us run the other way when true love comes near. Since true love sheds light on those aspects of ourselves we may wish to deny or hide, enabling us to see ourselves clearly and without shame, it is not surprising that so many individuals who say they want to know love turn away when such love beacons. She even put this in the book, like the famous RuPaul quote, like if you can't love yourself, you can't love someone else. And this is an ongoing issue for everyone who really truly adores himself and respects their body and their thoughts and their actions. I can proudly say, I mean, it's taken a really long time and I still have so much work to do, but I try to tell myself regularly that I love myself and that I'm proud of myself. And pretty much at the end of any diary entry, that's what I write. It's just really complicated. I, it's, it's meant to be so easy. We think that it's so easy, but fucking hell, it's not. Just taking advice in general is really difficult. I feel like I'm someone, like, I need to rant a lot. <laughs> Clearly, I have a fucking podcast, but I need someone to tell it to me straight how they think, like, and, but at the same time, it's like, we shouldn't too much intrude on people's personal battles and relationships and yada 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 because yeah it's not our place and I think that's also something I'm trying to learn at the moment it's like sometimes it's just none of your business and everyone deals with these things completely differently in today's world we are taught to fear the truth to believe it always hurts we are encouraged to see honest people as naive as potential losers Bombarded with cultural propaganda, ready to instill in all of us the notion that lies are more important, that truth does not matter, we are all potential victims. Consumer culture, in particular, encouraged lies. Advertising is one of the cultural mediums that has most sanctioned lying. Keeping people in a constant state of lack, in perpetual desire, strengthens the marketplace economy. Lovelessness is a boon to consumerism, and lies strengthen the world of predatory advertising. For any of my friends that have been concerned in the last couple of days, I promise you I am fine and I will be fine. And instead of drowning my sorrows in drugs and alcohol, I am drowning myself into feminist theory. Clearly, I strongly recommend this book. My copy is torn to shreds, highlighted all over the place, and it's really easy to go back to. This was published in 2000. I'm really glad I chose myself for once. <laughs> I actually really am um because at the end of the day we're all alone because <laughs> when we go to bed at night there's just ourselves and there's also this one thing that's i mean it's i heard this metaphor i don't know where it was probably in a ted talk or something like that and they were talking about breakups and how easy it is after the breakup to just think about the good times and the metaphor that they used was basically it was saying imagine you're going on a hike with your partner. You're far away, you're backpacking. The whole way during the hike, you're bickering, you're arguing, you're annoyed at the other. And then when you get to the top of the mountain after your little hike, the sun is setting and it's beautiful 
and you say you love each other and then you go back down. After a breakup, you're only going to think about the top of that little mountain and how nice it was up there and how much you loved each other. Or you forget the three previous hours where you were screaming at each other. And I'm not saying to, you know, think about the bad times, but it does make it easier sometimes if you're really struggling to get over someone is like make a list of the things that not necessarily like made you angry, but just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, things that bothered you with that person or how you felt around that person. Because sometimes the irritations that you feel against a partner has most likely to do with yourself. I know that towards the end of our relationship, I was picking fights just because I was trying subconsciously to push them away because I was scared of doing it myself and I would get irritated to the stupidest shit. There's also times where it was valid for me to be irritated. So it's about making the distinction as well. But I think reminding yourself that it wasn't always beautiful and rainbows and butterflies is really important. Because, you know, I've watched Eat, Pray, Love and Dear John this weekend. That is not what love looks like. And it's funny how love is only addressed in pop culture. Um, When I was dabbling the question of writing my dissertation on like the marketing of love and there is no academic literature on the actual feeling of love. It's just in pop culture. (laughs) I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful. I think I'm in a very exciting time in my life and I sometimes am a strong believer that everything is written and that if you're meant to be with this one person, they'll make their way back to you. I think it was episode four or five of the podcast where I did the unbearable lightness of being and My friend pointed this out, actually. So I asked you guys on Instagram, like, things that make you happy, things that bring you joy, the little pleasures of life. Not a single person put physical touch, a hug. Yes, obviously, that brings a lot of joy. Pretty much everyone just put, like, having my coffee in the morning, sitting on a bench to read. Only activities that are done by ourselves. Yeah, my friend Tatiana pointed that out. She was like, yeah, how has no one mentioned being with someone else? We have so much love within ourselves. If not, we have more within ourselves than we can give to a partner. God, I just feel my heart like, like I'm just, I've been saying the most like inspirational bullshit quotes for like the last three days. Find love within yourself. (sighs) God damn it. So Valentine's Day is around the corner. How fun. Probably one of the first times I'm single on Valentine's Day. I'm actually working, which I'm quite glad about. I kind of like serving people on Valentine's Day. I feel like I have a lot of power. (laughs) And people are always on their best behavior on Valentine's Day. Also, and this is just like the kind of stupid sides of being in a relationship. I'm not complaining. But it is really fucking time consuming. Like, obviously you want to spend time with the person, but you know... Especially if you don't live together, it's like go into the person's house and then, you know, the next day, like you just change your underwear and and you're back out into the world and it always feels just a little boncal. Oh God, it's never happened before. How do you say boncal in English? Let me look it up. Okay, I've looked it up. Boncal means wobbly. (laughs) It always feels a little wobbly the rest of your day. I just have so many things I want to do. I have so many things that I want to do and accomplish. I want to focus more time and energy on this podcast. I want to succeed on my degree. I want to get my driver's license. I want to watch my to-watch list of films. I want to read 30 books this year. And I'm already falling behind. You know, I mean, obviously I'm not putting, I'm trying to not put too much pressure on myself, but you know, I'm excited to have a little bit more time. And yeah, as long as I don't fall into the pits of depression, I'll be all good. Also not to be even cornier and quote perks of being a wallflower, but we accept the love we think we deserve. And I've always thought that was so true. 
Like when I've been with guys that did not give a shit about me, it's because I didn't give a shit about myself and that I wasn't happy in my skin. And also branching out to a completely different topic, but I was talking about this with someone yesterday. I've basically not eaten much this week. My appetite has been pretty horrible. Um, I've been eating for survival basically and in very small amounts. And I'm kind of starting to see it on my body right now. And it's so weird, these things, because I always joke when I feel skinny, I'm like, oh, Bella Hadid, like, but when you're not giving your body what it wants, you feel like shit. And I was looking at videos of myself when I was at my happiest, and it's when I was eating when I was hungry. This is a different story right now, because I feel like my body just cannot digest food because I'm feeling too many things. But like, I feel so starved right now. This is quite a sensitive topic, obviously, like in terms of eating disorders, and I'm very lucky I haven't had many issues with that. But yeah, it's interesting. I was just looking at myself in the mirror and like, I feel like I look at myself and I'm like, oh, like I look good, like I'm a bit skinnier, nah, nah, nah. but then, you know, it's not good. Like I can see my own ribs. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just how you fuel your body and your mind that impact your well-being. I am Guru Ida today. Let me fucking tell you. <laughs> oh God. What a fucking week it's been. I just think in general, my heart's just a little wounded and a little bit fucked up, really. But as I said in the previous episode, therapy's been so helpful. That's made such a change. I also, like, on top of my friends being my support system and feeling very loved, like, therapy's helped. Like, I, and at the end of my session on Friday, I was, like, bawling my eyes out. And I asked my therapist for a hug, and she said no. <laughs> I didn't know it's like illegal for therapists to hug their clients or something. I just really wanted to hug. Buy all about love. Buy this bad boy. It'll teach you. I'm not saying to take everything that's in this book literally, but I know that for me, it definitely guided me at a time in my life where I was very confused about love in general. Also just for my girlies out there, men suck. Like, all right, let's leave on some words. At the end of the day, I hope you let go of those who cannot hold all the beauty that you are. I hope you let go of those who cause your heart pain. I hope you let go of what isn't meant to stay and let go of those who aren't meant to journey with you until the end. I hope you don't allow losses or disappointments to make you feel like you can't mend, because you can. You can always rise up again. And from every ending, once more you will begin. So please let go of what isn't for you. You know exactly the things that you are. You deserve beauty. You deserve love. You deserve effort. I hope you always choose your heart. You don't deserve to stay in places where your world keeps falling apart. Are they the best for you? If the answer is no, then let go. You only deserve the best. Let that sentence be your closure. Let that be the goodbye. Let that be the parting words you've been waiting for. Let that be the curtain call. Let that be the end credits. And this might be extremely personal, but... I just want to read what Chris wrote me after I left. First the tide rushes in, plants a kiss on the shore, then rolls out to sea, and the sea is very still once more. So I rush to your side, like the oncoming tide, with one burning thought. Will your arms open wide? At last we're face to face, and as we kiss through an embrace, I can tell, I can feel. You are love, you are real. Really mine in the rain, in the dark in the sun, like the tide at its ebb, I'm at peace in the web of your arms. Thank you for joining me today.
everyone. I love you all. And hope I didn't depress you with all of this. <laughs> all to say that we should all just carry a bit more love in our hearts for ourselves and for others. And wherever you are today listening, I hope you're well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're doing something that makes you happy. I hope you're always doing what makes you happy. And yeah, have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Bye. Sorry, I stopped.